Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Today is June 22nd, 2022, and our first story. Once a rising star in the Democratic Party, Andrew Gillum has been indicted on 21 felony charges for fraud. The reason this is so significant? Gillum was only 30,000 votes away from being the governor of Florida, and we have long known about these accusations of fraud. He denies the allegations. Let's take a look at what's going on. Ron DeSantis is actually beating Trump in many polls for the 2024 Republican primary. And if Gillum had won, we wouldn't know how good of a leader Ron DeSantis is. In our next story, 14 Republicans have sold us out, voting in favor of red flag laws and gun control measures. And in our last story, a woman goes to a doctor, demands sterilization. The doctor refuses. She posts a video and gets 2 million views. Young people, many on the left, are willfully sterilizing themselves. If you like the show, give us a good review and leave us five stars. Share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. Once a rising star in the Democratic Party and the main challenger to Ron DeSantis in Florida in 2018, Andrew Gillum has been indicted for wire fraud and providing false statements, ultimately being hit with 21 felony charges. Now, this guy's mostly out of the news, but the reason this story is important is because of how close we came to unmitigated disaster. Andrew Gillum lost to Ron DeSantis by only around 30,000 votes. And many of you may be saying, yeah, but, but Tim, this is just coming out now. I mean, it's been four years. How could we have known? Gillum has been accused of corruption for years now. Donald Trump called Tallahassee the most corrupt city in the state. And Andrew Gillum was the mayor. A couple of years ago, Andrew Gillum was discovered sick in a hotel room in compromising positions. And um, well, I'll leave it at that. But NBC News actually does get into uh, what he was found doing and yikes. And this is the story. 30,000 votes in Florida could have meant that this guy, pure corruption, would have been governor. We wouldn't have Ron DeSantis leading the charge. We would have unmitigated corruption. 
Now, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that what Andrew Gillum does is indicative of a deeper problem within the Democratic Party. I think other candidates and the things they do, it speaks for themselves. Joe Biden, is he corrupt? You betcha. Ukraine, come on, man. A quid pro quo with the president of Ukraine to get the prosecutor investigating Burisma fired? Yeah, that's all true. But that speaks for itself. Granted, Joe Biden likes sniffing kids, and I have questions about what he's doing with his family and now new information from his daughter's diary, as well as information coming out from the Hunter Biden laptop. Yeah, I think I think we've got a problem with corruption among the Democratic Party. And, and don't get me wrong, the neocon establishment Republicans right up there alongside with them. What's scary to me here is Ron DeSantis, if he had lost, we would have a governor in Florida. Would he even have been indicted? I mean, imagine how crazy that would be for a sitting governor to actually get indicted. They should be. How many governors killed the elderly during the COVID crisis? Would he have gotten away with this? Would he have shielded his crimes by hiding in public office? And if he did get elected, we wouldn't have seen the tremendous leadership that is coming from Ron DeSantis. And now, according to a few polls, according to Predict It, Ron DeSantis is actually beating Trump in terms of the Republican nomination come 2024. Ron DeSantis winning. He has done such a great job. Many people are now saying Trump's not the answer DeSantis might actually be. I think that's fantastic news. I'll talk about Trump and DeSantis because there's things about Trump that I really do like. And there's things about DeSantis that I like as well. But what we're seeing now with this corruption is absolutely horrifying. So let's talk about this corruption. Let's talk about what they're caught doing. And then we'll talk about what's happening with Joe Biden himself, whether or not he will even be the nominee for the Democrats. I know 2024 is light years away. It, 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 well, that's a measure of distance. So let's just say it's an eternity away. I mean, we're looking at a couple of years, but I think they're not going to run Joe Biden. I could be wrong about that. But if they do not run Joe Biden as the Democratic nominee, they're going to need to find a replacement, which means next year or even before then, they will have to make that announcement. So if it's going to happen, we should be hearing about it very soon. Now, who's going to win, Ron DeSantis or Trump? DeSantis apparently won't run if Trump does. But we've got some interesting news. Apparently, Ron DeSantis is not asking Trump for an endorsement in his reelection campaign for governor. And, they, and he's running now. So we will see. All of this matters. It scares me to think that we were this close to getting this absolutely corrupt governor. And we knew he was corrupt back then. We know he's corrupt now. He's being charged with it now. But it seems like the Democratic voters didn't care. Let me show you the data from 2018. It'll freak you out. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member to help support our work as a member. You'll get access to exclusive segments from the TimCast IRL podcast. We put up a Monday through Thursday at 11 p.m. They are not family friendly. They are uncensored. You will also be supporting all of the work we do. We hired a couple new journalists as uh, recently. We're going to be hiring more. We are launching two new documentary productions. We've got new shows in the works, some culture jamming plans, and it's all thanks to you. Plus, some major infrastructure, infrastructure changes to support systems that oppose mass censorship and will break the monopoly that is Silicon Valley. We use Rumble Cloud infrastructure as well as the Rumble Player for our website. But don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, NBC News reports. Andrew Gillum, DeSantis's 2018 opponent, indicted for wire fraud, false statements. Once a rising Democratic star in Florida, 
Gillum and his mentor are accused of fraudulent fundraising. He says he's innocent. Well, to be fair, innocent until proven guilty. But I don't trust this guy considering his past history and other accusations made against him. Now, I will also point out the FBI. They've been investigating this guy. Yeah, I don't really trust the FBI either. But it's hard to know for sure. Is it my own personal bias that I look at this and I say, ah, the FBI is finally doing good work going after these corrupt Democrats? Is that my bias against Democrats? Or should I just maintain the bias against the FBI and say, I don't trust them to actually do good, to do right? And maybe Gillum really isn't innocent. You know, I think that the latter doesn't make sense. And I got to say credit to the FBI. Maybe I think it's fair to say, you know, we've got a lot of security issues going on here and I'm frustrated. I'm assuming that they're investigating it. And maybe it just takes time. To be fair, it just takes time. And I shouldn't come down on those who are probably doing the good work to actually uncover the stuff. The reason why I say this is a bit of a white pill in terms of the FBI actually engaging in legitimate law enforcement. There's photos of Gillum in a hotel doing untoward things. You know, right there says to me, more likely than not, the feds are right on this one and they're actually doing their job and credit where credit is, is deserved. Andrew Gillum, the once rising Florida Democratic star who narrowly lost the 2018 governor race to DeSantis, was hit with a 21 count federal indictment Wednesday for wire fraud related conspiracy charges and making false statements. Gillum, the former Tallahassee mayor, was charged along with his mentor, Sharon Letterman Hicks, for fraudulently fundraising from various entities between 2016 to 2019, according to a Department of Justice press release. The Justice Department said the two allegedly diverted some of the money to a company controlled by Letterman Hicks, who fraudulently disguised the funds as payroll payments to Gillum. That seems extremely cut and dry. In a written statement, Gillum and his lawyers proclaimed his innocence. Letterman Hicks, a candidate for a state house seat, has not returned texts or calls from NBC News requesting comment. Quote, I have spent the last 20 years of my life in public service and continue to fight for the people, Gillum said. Every campaign I've run has been done with integrity. Make no mistake that this case is not legal, it is political. Throughout my career, I have always stood up for the people of Florida and have spoken truth to power. There's been a target on my back ever since I was the mayor of Tallahassee. They found nothing then, and I have full confidence that my legal team will prove my innocence now. Okay. Okay, I mean, innocent until proven guilty. I want to see hard evidence. I want to see a jury of his peers come to a decision. If that decision is acquittal, so be it. I do not like the condemnation before a trial has commenced or concluded. I just don't trust Gillum. The indictment marks a new low for Gillum, a married father of three who withdrew from public life as a political leader and a paid CNN commentator after a March 2020 sex scandal involving a suspected male overdose victim in a South Beach hotel. You see, oh man. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online. 
up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. At the time, Gillum said he was abusing alcohol as he coped with his loss to DeSantis. But campaign finance records and a leaked criminal subpoena in 2019 showed that Gillum also faced the pressure of an FBI investigation. Two sources with whom Gillum spoke Tuesday told NBC News that he began phoning friends frantically about the criminal case when he was informed that his indictment was imminent. Neither would speak on the record because they weren't authorized to speak on his behalf. They said Gillum rendered himself to prosecutors at 10 a.m. and that his indictment could be unsealed at 1 p.m. Eastern time. He makes his first appearance at 2 p.m. according to the DOJ. He's down. He's sad. He feels beat up, one of the sources said. Both face 19 counts of wire fraud and conspiracy to commit wire fraud. Each charge carries a maximum 20-year mandatory minimum. Gillum faces two additional charges of lying to investigators each charge of which carries a maximum five-year sentence. According to the indictment, the FBI began to sniff out the alleged scheme of Gillum and Letterman Hicks in 2016, when he was mayor and undercover agents investigating corruption in the city were steered to him. The two allegedly used his position as mayor, as a progressive activist, and then as a top candidate for governor to skim money from a variety of individual donors and nonprofits, fraudulently pretending to perform voter outreach or to fight for local government rights while pocketing the cash, even after his campaign for governor ended in 2018. Gillum's decision to resign from his job at the liberal group People for the American Way in early 2017, interesting, was particularly stressful for him, the indictment said, because he could not absorb the loss of a $122,500 annual salary. According to the indictment, he and Letterman Hicks then arranged for more money to flow through her communications business, P&P Communications, which paid him as an employee or as a contractor. Hmm, very, very interesting. Yeah, look, I don't trust this guy at all. And I gotta say, the FBI started snooping around, sniffing around in 2016. It's been six years and they finally dropped the indictment. It takes a long time. Okay, I don't, I I know many people don't want to hear it, but the FBI deserves some credit here. They deserve credit for actually digging into this. There are questions about January 6th and what the FBI is doing. And I understand the argument. They're concerned that people stormed the Capitol during the counting of the electoral votes because they believed things that were not true. Or many of them were just angry. I think what's happening in these D.C. jails is abhorrent and terrifying. And I believe the federal government, well, they overreach way too often. I'm not a fan of the FBI, FBI as a whole, but I should recognize, and I think it's fair to say, When they investigate corruption, they uncover corruption, they accuse people of corruption. I'm interested in in seeing the evidence, and I lean towards, I'm glad the FBI is digging in. I don't believe this guy. Let me show you this. Let me show you this from Politico. 49.6% of the vote in 2018 for Ron DeSantis, 4,076,186 votes. Andrew Gillum got 49.2%, 4 million 43,723. Ron DeSantis almost lost. Lost. We know DeSantis is a great governor. 
We know he's doing so well. The people of Florida are like, keep your hands off my governor because we want him to run for president or at the very least vice president along with Trump. If they're going after Gillum, they're not going after DeSantis. I got to say that my biases and they exist lean towards Andrew Gillum is likely corrupt. The FBI is likely doing the right thing. I would imagine the establishment would be furious with DeSantis. He's defied Joe Biden. He's insulted Joe Biden. He's mocked the establishment and the woke cult. They have every reason to go up against him. Instead, they're going up against against the guy who lost to him. Why? I'm sure there's, there's a million and one conspiracy theories you can come up with. But I think the answer is simple. Andrew Gillum has consistently been accused of corruption. So we can, we can go to his Wikipedia page and we can see corruption and misuse investigations as the mayor of Tallahassee. Going back to 2017, he's been accused of very serious corruption. They say during his mayoral campaign in 2014, Gillum faced allegations of misconduct after hiring private equity investor Adam Corey as the treasurer. Corey is an investor in the Edison, a restaurant that received taxpayer money from the city to help the Cascades Park Development Project. During an FBI investigation into the matter, city officials stated that Gillum's vote did not constitute a conflict of interest and Gillum cut ties with Corey. This guy's been long accused of doing wrong. I think the FBI went after him because he's a bad guy and he's corrupt. They're not going after Ron DeSantis because uh, Ron DeSantis is a good guy who's not corrupt. Military experience. I like DeSantis. What can I say? That's my bias. Keep in mind. The Washington Post back in 2018. Let me show you this. Let's go. Let's go over here. This is the results. June 22nd, 2018. The results posted. Look at this. August 31st, 2018, corruption probe looms over Democrats' historic campaign for Florida governor. This is this is crazy to me. A less savory narrative threatens to collide with that heartening origin tale. A federal grand jury has been conducting a public corruption investigation in Tallahassee. The probe drew little notice beyond the Capitol during the primary campaign, but it's attracting new attention with Gillum's bid to become the first African-American governor of the nation's largest swing state, and Florida's first Democratic governor in 20 years. Was this updated in August? Because they're acting like it's past tense. June 22nd. To, uh, so, so, oh, okay, so this maybe was updated well after the fact. I think the, the campaign, the, the, the vote was actually in November. Before this guy, before anyone even cast a vote for him, look at this. How could these 4 million people hear the story of this corruption of Gelman and be like, I'm going to vote for him? That's scary to me, man. That's scary to me. From the Sun Sentinel, ex-Florida governor candidate Andrew Gillum was in Miami Beach hotel room where drugs were found. That's one way to put it. So look, I think there's a lot of reasons to complain about what the FBI has done. But I put it this way on Timcast IRL. I've spoken with feds in the past. That's right. And what they tell me is that within the, within the, uh, uh, the intelligence agencies and federal law enforcement, the culture war exists. There are good FBI agents who would agree with you on your politics and say freedom, liberty, gun rights. And there are those who are pro-Democrat. And that's the issue. How do we function if that's the case? This country is being ripped apart. But that means you'll probably get some good FBI agents who go after Gillum and deserve credit for doing it because they're actually digging into corruption. Let me just say, I don't know if Gillum is uh, guilty of these things. But considering he was found in a room with a drug overdose and eh, questionable things, I kind of believe it's probably true. That's just my bias. 
And I'll say it outright. Now let's see what's going on with the president. Because Andrew Gillum lost, we get Ron DeSantis. Because we got Ron DeSantis, we now see a real prospect for a good president. Look, Donald Trump did a lot of great things, in my opinion. I think he was, he was pretty good. But I think for a lot of reasons, he was not so good. That's why I didn't vote for him in 2016. Ron DeSantis, I don't know how I feel about his foreign policy, on culture war issues, on kids in schools, on free speech, and I should say somewhat on free speech. But a lot of these issues, he's fearless. He stands up, speaks his mind, and he's doing right. On lockdown issues, he did right for the freedom of the people of Florida, and that's why people are flocking to Florida. He has shown tremendous leadership, and I got to say, you know, when I appeared on the Daily Wire's show uh, backstage live a couple months ago, I said, I'd, I'd rather have DeSantis over Trump. It's, a, it's an easy choice. I mean, let's be honest. Ron DeSantis, military experience. He was in the Navy. He was in JAG, so he's like a lawyer, okay? So he's got legal military experience. I'm a big fan. I dig it. He's a lot younger, more tactful, and less. Uh, the smears have a hard time sticking to him. Now, there are some reasons I'm worried and think Donald Trump may be better. I'm not convinced Ron DeSantis would drain the swamp. Donald Trump did in his first term. Some people, not enough. I think if Donald Trump gets elected now, he's going to go ham, just start firing people. And I'm like, you, you get a guy who goes in and just says, you're fired, you're fired, you're fired, you're fired. And uh, that's a good thing for the American government and the American people. Ron DeSantis will probably get in, in my opinion, and be like, I'm going to stay true to what I believe. I'm going to fight for what I want, but let's not rock the boat too much. Maybe we just need one term of someone who's not so rational. But I got to admit, it's a tough choice because Ron DeSantis, he's doing an amazing job. He really is. Uh, Christina Peshaw, his, his spokesperson, does an amazing job. Christina, as press secretary in a, in a DeSantis administration, would be incredible. Kaylee McEnany did wonderfully as well. Check this out. Political reports. This is this is this morning. Florida Republican Governor Ron DeSantis has plenty of advantages ahead of his November re-election. More than $100 million in the bank, a growing statewide Republican voter advantage, massive popularity with the conservative base. What DeSantis doesn't need and isn't requesting, former President Donald Trump's endorsement. Interesting. According to four people connected to the governor and former president, uh, and, and former president DeSantis has not asked Trump for a formal endorsement and isn't planning to. It's a clear sign that DeSantis... Who, who more than four years ago was a little-known congressman from Northeast Florida, has risen high in the GOP stratosphere. Isn't that crazy? Congressman in Florida and now the, like, top Republican. Now, Donald Trump may be. I got some polls to show you. DeSantis's reluctance to seek the former president's public support comes as the, former, as the Florida governor prepares for a likely 2024 White House bid, even if Trump also runs in 2024. Now, that's interesting. That's interesting. Setting up a potential clash between two powerful figures. I would love to see that. That's tough, man. I don't know who I'd vote for. I, I think I'd go for DeSantis, to be completely honest, even though I know I want Trump to, to drain the swamp. DeSantis is just, he's younger, he's more tactful, he's got military experience. Trump has used his endorsement as a cudgel against Republicans who voted to impeach him after the January 6th riot. And, and that I en enjoy very much. They go on to say, while Trump's endorsement has the power to make or break a candidate, this election cycle has seen his influence waning in some races. In Georgia, for example, the candidates who supported the former president's attempts to overturn the election results 
and won his endorsement, failed to beat the incumbents. An endorsement from Trump, however, would not likely change DeSantis' frontrunner status in Florida among his Florida supporters. Polls have consistently shown him leading his Democratic rivals in straw polls in Wisconsin, Nevada, and the annual Western Conservative Summit survey, DeSantis has even topped Trump. That's right. I like DeSantis more, man. I got to say, check this out. From the National Review, DeSantis leads Trump in the 2024 New Hampshire primary general election polls. I got to wonder if the era of Trump, it came and it is going. And now we're going to get a strong, fearless leader from Ron DeSantis who can enact a lot of those populist policies we want to see without calling people horseface. Even Bill Maher was like, yeah, DeSantis would be a lot better. One of the things I didn't like about Trump in 20, 2016 was the lack of decorum. I know a lot of people don't care. And you're right. I respect that opinion. I just I, I don't like elitism, but I like stoicism. Not absolute, but I like rational, calm, and tactful behavior. Donald Trump did a lot of things I did like in 2020. A lot of his policies, school choice is huge. I want to see more of that. But I just don't like his attitude. A lot of people really did like his attitude. And those that voted for him, they voted for him because they liked what they got. They, that, that's exactly what they wanted. And more people voted for him in 2020 than they did in 2016. I think 12 million more people. I was one of them. Notably because, mm, no, Joe Biden, please. No, yeah, but we got Joe Biden anyway. Yo, Ron DeSantis would be legit. Take a look at this. Not only is he winning in the New Hampshire poll, they say this, a new poll shows that support for Florida Governor Ron DeSantis in a hypothetical 2024 GOP presidential contest among likely New Hampshire voters has grown substantially, with DeSantis even boasting a slight lead over former President Donald Trump. The University of New Hampshire survey found that support for DeSantis has more than doubled since last October to 39%. That's amazing. 37% of likely voters said they would vote for Trump. 9% said they would vote for former, uh, former Vice President Mike Pence. Blech. If Mike Pence is the nominee, I'm out. Because I'm not a conservative. I'm not a Republican. If anything, I'm a libertarian. Because I tell you this. If, if there was a clear shot. You, actually, I'll put it this way. You know who I really, really would prefer to support for the presidency? Dave Smith of the Libertarian Party of the Mises Caucus. Way better. Dave Smith is fantastic. I just love hearing him go on TV and rag about the Obama administration and the Trump administration, just the terrible foreign policy of the United States. It is music to my ears. I tweeted the other, tweeted the other day, Obama holds the world record for most children killed by a Nobel Peace Prize winner. Yeah, I don't think Obama was necessarily happy to win the prize because he was like, uh, just killed a bunch of kids. Probably shouldn't get that award. And he did. And uh, wow, how dumb. Donald Trump did pretty well for, with foreign policy. And that's one of my biggest concerns. I don't know if I trust Ron DeSantis on foreign policy. He can't butter me up with culture war issues and then think I'll ignore that. But we will see. Take a look at this from Predict It. Who will win the 2024 Republican presidential nomination? Ron DeSantis is winning. This is fascinating. Right now, 39 cents to buy a share of Ron DeSantis, 36 to buy in Trump. That sort of is like percentages, but it's basically you can buy shares. That's how much people are selling them for because they think it's going to happen. And then basically, you know what happens is once the, nom the, the, the primary is, is like one, uh, 
once they, they solidify who the nominee is, this closes, and then you can cash out if you were right. And if you lose, if you're wrong, look, Tim Scott's great. But if you pick Tim Scott, I don't see why people would buy. Well, I do, I do. But if you bought Tim Scott, you're probably not going to win. You're going to lose your money. Here's what I think people are doing. You buy Tim Scott that for three cents a share. In a few months, he comes out, makes a big, powerful statement. All of a sudden, he goes from three to seven cents. You sell it. You make a profit. It's another morning, and you're all set for work. You grab your coffee, head out the door, and your car decides today's the day it won't start. Panic sets in. You're not just late. You're stranded. Get ahead of unexpected car repairs before they strike with CarShield, the most trusted vehicle protection company. For almost 20 years, CarShield has saved millions of drivers from repair nightmares with low monthly plans that cover up to 5,000 major parts and systems, like pricey transmission and engine repairs, and check engine light mysteries. Visit CarShield today at carshield.com carlson. Plans include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, help with flats, lockouts, and rental car options. Save 20% and get a free quote by visiting CarShield online at carshield.com slash carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to carshield.com slash carlson and save 20% today. Because people will be like, maybe there's a real possibility. I wouldn't put any money on, on, on anyone other than Ron DeSantis or Trump. And I got to be honest, if I was going to, it'd be DeSantis, hands down. Trump has got that gravitas, but Ron DeSantis, it is still early. And right now he's a rising star and he's doing right. Donald Trump's holding rallies, but I don't know if he's catching that, that wind the same way he did. And he's an older guy. That youth, Ron DeSantis, what is he, in his late 40s? Yo, I'm a big fan. I'd, I, I would love to have Ron DeSantis on Timcast IRL because I would love to talk to him about foreign policy. And I'm, I'm fairly certain this guy is going to come out and he's going to win over the moderates and the conservatives. But we'll see. Donald Trump is the, is, 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 is the madman. And I mean that both in the good way and the bad way. We need someone who's going to go in, stand up to the establishment and say, we need four years to clean house, fix the problems, then DeSantis comes in with a clean house. That would be, in my opinion, probably the best case scenario. If Donald Trump is up for it, don't know. We'll see. If Ron DeSantis gets in and cleans house and fires the swamp, we, won't, we wouldn't have needed that, Trump can't, that, that extra four years of Trump. Over at Yahoo News, Trump thinks he'd defeat Florida Governor Ron DeSantis if they face each other in a 2024 presidential run. Trump told The New Yorker, I think I would win. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, there's a good reason to believe he would. There really is. Over at Newsweek, Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantis' chances versus Trump if both run in 2024 based on polls and odds. All right, let's see what we got here. Let's see what we got here. Trump comprehensively beat DeSantis in a Chicago Sun-Times poll conducted between June 6th and 7th, 51% to 23%, and by a greater margin of 51% to 18% in a morning consult poll. All right, well, okay. Some polls are confident in DeSantis. Why? Because time will tell. A lot could happen between now and 2024. But Trump has got that gravitas, man. It's just, it's undeniable. Top Democrats jockey for 2024 presidential campaign position. Bernie Sanders is just the most openly ambitious of an emerging field of Democratic hopefuls 
who are positioning themselves to run for president next time if Biden doesn't. Ah, it's worse than that. Democrats are behind the scenes plotting to oust Joe Biden. Bernie Sanders is an old guy. I think he'd do way better than Joe Biden. I think we'd face a lot of problems with Bernie Sanders better than Joe Biden. The fact that they're even discussing this shows. I don't they don't think Joe Biden can handle it. I don't think Joe Biden can handle it. But take a look at this over at predict it. Who will win the 2024 Democratic presidential nomination? Joe Biden with 37 cents, Kamala Harris with 18 cents, Pete Buttigieg 14, Gavin Newsom 13. We really don't know. People think it'll be Joe Biden, but yo, Joe Biden will get absolutely crushed. He will lose handily. I'm pretty sure even to Donald Trump. Now, in 2020, my view is a lot of rules were changed that greatly benefited urban centers and Democrat voters and Democrat candidates. I have questions. But the reality is people voted against Trump. That's it. Take a look at this metric. Enthusiasm for Trump. It was like 96 percent. It was like 90 something percent. Enthusiasm for Joe Biden uh, for Joe Biden was in the gutter. But enthusiasm against Trump was higher than the enthusiasm for him. There were people who hated Trump so much. They said, I would rather we elect this incapable old man because that's how much they hated Donald Trump and they reveled in it. And you know what? I get why they don't like him. Some of these people were lied to by the mainstream media, most of them. Some of them just literally don't like the way Trump carries himself. I get it. I was in, uh, where was I, Dallas? I was going to, wherever the blaze is. I was going to do the Glenn, Glenn Beck's show. I'm in the Uber, and the Uber driver says that he voted for Trump, he likes Trump, but man, he wished Trump would just shut up. And I'm like, wow. A lot of people feel that way. The diehard Trump supporters, I, don't, don't, I think, don't necessarily get it. Some of them do. I'm not saying they're, they're ignorant to this, but a lot of them say they like that Trump speaks this way because he's pushing back and sort of giving the finger to the establishment. But there are people in this country who heard what Trump said, and they were like, yes, TPP is bad. Yes, defend our borders. Yes, bring our jobs back. But dude, stop being a dick. Trump couldn't handle it. That being said, more people voted for Trump in 2020 than in 2016. So I don't think he was losing voters, but he was gaining enemies. You had a lot of people lining things up against him. With Ron DeSantis, I think we could actually see things kind of simmer down. And I'm not entirely sure. The question is, will DeSantis go up against the corruption? In the meantime, it's still 2022. And right now, congressional generic vote polling shows Republicans and Democrats taking a big hit. But Republicans still have a point, uh, a 2.8 percent lead, according to Real Clear Politics aggregate. And in the 538 aggregate, it's a 2.3 percent lead. Regardless of what happens in 2024, 2022 is looking like a very serious red wave. Will it change anything? I'm not convinced. I honestly don't know. I don't know. But I'll tell you what does change things. An honorable, honorable mention and shout out to our good friend, James O'Keefe over at Project Veritas. And this time I mean this in all seriousness. James, you rock. In this video, Jack Posobiec posted, Rep. John Curtis Field Director submits resignation to campaign manager following Veritas investigation. I would like to give you my resignation. Unfortunate that I said that. That does not associate Congressman Curtis with a negative image. In this video, 
in quite possibly one of the best videos ever put out by Project Veritas. We got, we'll, we'll talk about this tonight on IRL too. The field director on camera next to James O'Keefe pulls out his phone and says, I'd like to submit my resignation. I believe in what Congressman Curtis is doing and I don't want him to look bad. And, and then James is like, do you accept the resignation? And the one's like, no, I don't even know what's going on. What did he say? Amazing. To put it simply, this field director was basically talking about how the congressman withholds how he truly feels to win politically. The fascinating thing is, I just don't understand this. We on Timcast IRL just say these things. We're like, yeah, there are a lot of voters who just, they want you to say certain things whether you want it or not. I suppose the issue is none of us are intending to run for office, nor do we believe we need to lie to anybody to win political power. I don't care. I get emails all the time from people who are like, I used to like you, but then you said this. And I'm like, yeah, what do you want me to do about it? I'm going to say a whole lot of things. It's fascinating. Project Veritas, amazing work. This changes things. I hope Veritas is uh, uh, sharpened uh, as the tip of the spear, sharpened to the point. They are going to have their work cut cut out for them in the midterms now with what they're doing, but also in 2024. You'll love to see it. I want to see the exposés. I want to see the exposure. I want to see these, jur- these, these uh, members of Congress who behind the scenes lie called out. You know what I see? I talked to Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's as true as it gets. Behind the scenes, she's saying the exact same things she's saying on Congress. It's amazing. And they don't like it. They want you to play ball. They want you to go out there and be like, I'm all for this bill. I'm not really for the bill. Screw that. I'm not in favor of that. I want reality and authenticity, and I want good leadership. Let's see it. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. In a move that is surprising to no one, a handful of Republican senators are stabbing us all in the back and selling us out, voting in favor of this ridiculous bipartisan gun safety bill. Rest assured, my friends, this is an infringement on our rights to keep and bear arms, which I can easily break down for you. And these senators are outright lying. I'd like to give a special shout out to the senator from West Virginia. Now, we are currently building our new headquarters in West Virginia. My primary and official residence is West Virginia, but I do work in the tri-state. So I want to be I want to be clear on that, meaning we have operations in Maryland. We don't really do much in Virginia, but we are we are setting up and building out in West Virginia. And this is why I'm so pissed off. Shelly Capito, she is the Republican rhino senator from West Virginia, who says, we're not going to have red flag laws and then signs on to a bill that has mental illness crisis intervention for people to red flag someone and have their guns taken away. Simply put, Cornyn and all of these other Republicans are selling you out. You know why? I'll tell you why. Shelley in West Virginia is not up for re-election until 2026. They're hoping you forget about it. These people are scumbags. But you know what? It's so frustrating. It seems like the only tactics that work are the leftist ones where they like stage 24-7 protests in front of someone's home until they force them to actually uphold an individual's rights. I love it. Last night at Larry Sharp on. 
He's a libertarian candidate for a New York governor. Like him much more than any other candidate who's running. But I keep hearing this from so many people. What Larry said to us was, listen, the majority of people in New York state, in, 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 in all of the cities, want gun control. And you need them to vote for you. So how do you do it? Fair point. And he said, if they keep voting for people who enact gun control, you're going to lose your access to guns, regardless of what the Constitution says. Yeah. When ignorant people try to steal power, sure, that's what happens. But you know what? I had someone respond to me when I said, I'm going to put a sticky note on my monitor. So every night we do Timcast IRL, I will remind everyone in West Virginia to, to do whatever you can to vote for someone else in 2026. Okay, let's be more reasonable. Maybe that won't make sense. And maybe what makes more sense is to put a big sign in the room that says, never forget. Come 2026, I will do whatever I can to make sure that Shelley loses in West Virginia. And it's quite simple. One, this bill is an affront to our rights as American citizens to keep and bear arms. And I'll break it down exactly why. It's not a gun safety bill. It's an infringement upon legal adults' right to keep and bear arms. They're just trying to smack you in the face and boil the frogs in the pot. But also, you know, when I decided that we needed to expand the Timcast operation, and I looked around for good states where I thought that my rights would be protected. Having dealt with someone trying to break into my home in New Jersey, I thought I need to be in a place where I'm going to have my gun rights. In West Virginia, second most Trump supporting state in the nation, close enough to the D.C. area, looks pretty good. But you've got people like this. Mansion's bad enough. Now the Republican from West Virginia is selling me out. I'm not, I'm, I didn't grow up in West Virginia. I didn't. Uh, I, I haven't lived there very long. So I, I do try to be a bit more respectful of those who have dedicated, who have lived their whole lives in this state and want a, a, a accurate and um, proper representation. But I will say that the Second Amendment is federal. And if you are selling out our rights to keep and bear arms in West Virginia, you are selling out our rights to keep and bear arms for the entirety of the country when you as a federal level politician are enacting this trash. I will not forget it. And I hope the people of West Virginia don't either, because I speak to the people of West Virginia. I hang out. I go to events. And what I find is they don't want this. How would it make sense that someone who lives in the mountains where there's a bear problem would be like, yeah, let's make it harder to, to have weapons. This ain't the city. We don't deal with the crime of New York. You got a problem with New York's crime? Go take it up with New York City. You don't bring your trash to the middle of nowhere where we like to live peacefully and be left alone. Let me read this for you. Senate advances bipartisan gun safety bill. The Senate voted 64 to 34. Amazing. Tuesday evening to advance an 80 page gun safety bill to strengthen background check requirements for gun buyers under 21, an infringement upon our rights to keep and bear arms. Thank you. Provide funding to states to administer red flag laws and provide billions of dollars in new federal funding for mental health services. 14 Republicans voted to proceed to the bill, including Mitch McConnell. Y'all in Kentucky, you keep voting for that guy. I tell you, man. Who announced his support for the legislation moments before the vote? Our colleagues have put together a common sense package of popular steps that will help make these horrifying incidents less likely 
while fully upholding the Second Amendment rights of law-abiding citizens. Yeah, that's the, that's that's what that's that's called. Mitch McConnell is spitting in your face and then laughing behind the scenes. What does the Second Amendment say? It says the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Let me break it down for you. The left likes to say, but it says a well-regulated militia. A descriptive statement as to why the right of the people exists has no bearing on what the Constitution is prescribing. It says the right of the people to keep and bear arms. Full stop right there. The Constitution in that moment, regardless of anything else, recognizes the right of the people to keep and bear arms exists, period, end of story. Now, you want to talk about what the government should or shouldn't do? Fine. But to quote my good friend, Michael Malice, my rights are not up for a vote. And the Constitution does not grant that right, but it recognizes the existence of it. You want to talk about well-regulated militias or anything else? Don't care. It says the right of the people to keep and bear arms. Anything else doesn't matter as far as I'm concerned. Now, the shall not be infringed is a good part. The point is, the founders knew that the people, that individuals had the right to bear arms. And they said the government shouldn't screw with it. Well, they are. Infringement is defined as to place a limit or to undermine something. Oh, so right now, when they say if you're between 18 and 21, you have expanded background checks and wait times. Is that not an infringement? It is literally. Let's uh, let's uh, let's see what we got here. We got uh, Shelley Moore Capito, the rhino Republican from West Virginia. I will not forget this. And uh, I will be conferring with my lawyer about the best way to engage in West Virginia politics to make sure that you lose and that you regret voting for this, because I'm going to make sure the people know. I don't believe in those leftist tactics of showing up to people's homes, but we'll see what my lawyer says about what we can do in terms of organizing peaceful protests, putting up billboards, buying TV commercials, radio, whatever it takes. Here's what she says. She says, this bill is not about issues such as red flag laws, which will never be enacted in our state. Oh, okay. So what you're saying is you're signing on to federal level legislation that will enact red flag laws, but not at the state level. You're a scumbag. Okay. Here's the bill. Let me just show you what they have here. And it's, and it's, and it's hard to understand for the layman when you're reading an 80 page bill. Section 12003, use of burn grants for implementation of state crisis intervention programs. Red flag laws, it's a slang term for crisis intervention. So when she signs on to this, they're going to red flag you. You know what that means? Are you a veteran? You better not seek out help for any PTSD or any kind of, 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 of mental issue you may be thinking about. You better never admit to suffering from depression because they will come and they will strip you of your rights and you know they want to. Why? Well, Forrest Cooper, he said, we have to ask ourselves why it is the people who are really good at violence aren't engaging in it. It's because they know how bad it, it really is. The people who have been trained in warfare, veterans, often who suffer mental illness, like PTSD, from experiencing this stuff, they may want to get help. The government wants to strip them of their right to keep and bear arms, make them weak, to defend their own homes, to defend their homes from enemies, both foreign and domestic. And that doesn't mean government. It means it could mean a criminal 
It could mean a cartel. It could mean a corrupt police, whatever. Someone trying to break the law and cause you physical harm or threaten your life. They want to take away your right to defend yourself. And so if you served in the armed forces, you better not ever try and seek out mental health services. They'll come for you. This is what they're saying. They had this ridiculous provision where they're like, you'll have a right to challenge it in court. Oh, okay. They're, what they're saying is they want to pass a law where someone, anyone, can basically accuse you of being a threat, and then you are forced to defend yourself as to why you should be allowed to keep and bear arms. Sounds like a violation of the Second Amendment. The state should not have the right to come to me when I've not committed a crime and say, we've decided your brain don't work, therefore we get your guns. No, I shouldn't have to pay a dime to defend myself. Take out a single minute of my day to go to court to explain why I deserve to keep my property. Scumbags. Here it is from BearingArms.com. Senate deal, finally a bill. Is it as bad as we thought? Tom Knighton, please do not ask questions in your headlines. Because as Betterter's Laws of Headlines states, any headline that asks, asks, asks a question can be answered by the word no. The reality is, it is as bad as we thought. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has a over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKSeedKits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. ArcSeedKits.com. Here's what he says. Well, a small group in the Senate already hammered out the broad strokes of, gun of, of a gun control bill. The details were jamming things up a bit. For some, it was a hopeful sign the deal wouldn't really be struck. And there's, to, uh, and there's be no bill after all. Well, so much for that hope. The text of the bill was released Monday night. And shortly afterwards, an initial vote was held and the bill got 64 votes in support. A bipartisan group of senators overcame some last minute hurdles and released legislative text Tuesday on a narrow set of provisions to combat gun violence, including state funding to implement red flag laws and enhance background checks. Today, we finalize bipartisan common sense. Legi no, 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 no. I'm stopping there. The only action that I want to see from any politician is getting Democrats on board with repealing gun infringement laws. Why is it? But every single time, where, where, where are the Republicans to come out and be like, we finally got 14 Democrats on board with repealing these laws which infringe upon the rights of American citizens? Not ever happens. The Democrats want to burn everything down and beat you over the head. And the Republicans are like, yes, yes, but slowly. Our legislation will save lives and will not infringe on any law abiding American Second Amendment rights. These people are absolute evil. They're going to say, except that it does. Among the many measures 
is an expanded background check process for anyone under the age of 21. It requires the, the uh, NICS system, which is the National Instant Check System, to reach out to juvenile records divisions of whatever state the buyer is from to look for criminal records there. It provides an additional 10 days of waiting if there is something off during that search. This is the game they play. They are taking what they can because they're hoping that by moving the, moving the needle a little bit, you won't freak out. 10 days of waiting. All right. 18 year old woman. She's being beaten by her significant other boyfriend and she flees and he leaves a voicemail saying, I will find you and I will end you. She knows he means it. So she goes to a local gun shop and says, I don't know what to do. The police said they can't do anything. I need a gun. The police say to call them if he shows up. But what if what if when seconds count, the police are minutes away and they say, Young ma'am, it is your right to keep and bear arms. Fill out this background check form, and maybe in two weeks you'll have a gun. Two weeks? He's coming now. And they say, too effing bad. Because Shelly Capito sold you out. She wants you to die at the hand of your violent abuser, significant other. Maybe she's about to turn 21 in 10 days, doesn't matter. A 10-day waiting period is an infringement upon your rights. They're going to say this means certain people will be subjected to longer delays. A right delayed is a right denied. An infringement on those individual Second Amendment rights. Not only that, but I don't see how a check can be instant if they're having to contact contact individual states and wait for information. You'd think members of the Senate would understand that. Now, that's an example I give that ultimately is irrelevant. An 18 year old has a right to keep and bear arms. They're legal adults. Yet in Virginia, you can't buy a handgun. Why? They don't let you do it. That's an infringement upon your rights. You're a legal adult. Enter into contracts. Serve this country. They keep doing this. This is the game they'll play. We're raising it to 21. It makes sense, they say, because they know that most young people aren't going to vote and they're going to ignore this. Absolute scumbaggery. It's evil. These people are they're, they're the Elysium elites. They are the capital city in the Hunger Games. Heavens, poor people defending themselves. We can't have that. They're going to say, of course, it's far from everything included. At least some of the health care measures look more like things some lawmakers wanted but couldn't get passed in other bills. Things like telemedicine for Medicaid recipients. The bill also redefines gun dealers, removing language that defines one as someone who sells firearms with the principal objective of livelihood and profit and replaces it with to predominantly earn a profit. How they determine someone's motivation is beyond me. Another thing the bill includes is an anti-straw purchase provision, because it's not like that's been the law for decades or anything. Okay, so can I open a nonprofit 501c3 to sell guns and say, we care not for earning profit. We just want people to be armed. These senators are selling you out and spitting on you, spitting on you in the process. They're pissing on you and telling you it's raining. I'm disgusted by this. But you know, let me get let me send a strong message to our good leftist friends. Psychology today, personality traits, mental illness and ideology. Higher rates of mental illness have been found in the far left. OK, here we go. Mental illness in the far left. May 2020. Emil O.W. Kierkegaard. Here's one such graph. You can see that the further you go left and predominantly among females, you get higher rates of mental illness. Now, some have tried to say, 
that this is just because there's a stigma on the right for getting mental health treatment. I don't believe that's true. I believe it's a cop out and the data doesn't suggest that anyway. If you want to speculate as to why something might happen, get me some data. For the time being, all we know is the further left you are, the more likely you are to have mental illness. And look at that margin. I mean, that's huge. Okay. Let me tell you something. The far left, you're going to get red flagged like crazy. The police are going to be kicking in, kicking in the doors of inner city families and poor people because rival gangs or angry exes or racists are going to say, you've got a gun. And they're going to say, okay, we're serving a red flag warrant. You're going to be like, I don't have a gun. Too bad. We're searching the house. We heard you did. You know, my opinion on this is that the stigma idea doesn't make sense. I just think the, the, the more likely you are to have mental illness, the more likely you are to drift far left. The example is that people who are extremely conservative, uh, who are male, have slightly higher rates of mental illness than those who are just conservative. That would imply that the far right has a lower stigma compared to conservatives. That makes no sense. And also when you see liberals and extremely liberals, I really doubt among liberals, if the stigma doesn't exist, that liberals have a, have a, are more likely to stigmatize mental health than extremely liberals. And funny enough, liberal women have higher rates of mental illness than far left women. It's the men that are really driving up those rates. Among those that are slightly liberal, the females have very high rates of mental illness. Here's Gallup. 2007. Republicans report much better mental health than others. Relationship persists even when controlling for other variables. Shout out to PolitiFact for lying. Beware of misinformation about red flag laws, including critics who say they lack due process, which is not accurate. They do lack due process. The problem is there is no due process when the government can call you in to defend your right to, be, to keep property with you having committed no crime. So the government now can, can seize your private property and force you to defend yourself. Think about what that means. The state comes to you and says, we're going to take away your rights. And you say, I think you can't do that. And they go, can you afford a lawyer? Can you afford to miss work to defend yourself? No? Too bad. Your guns are gone. You don't get to defend yourself. And we see what happens in many of these other countries. In Canada, where you get psychopaths like Justin Trudeau going, in Canada, you don't have a right to defend yourself with a firearm. That's not something we have here. Trudeau is one of the worst human beings on the planet. These people are evil. They're authoritarians. And I assure you, it always goes the same way. They're arrogant, ignorant, narcissistic. They think they're better than you. And because of that, they're willing to take. And because of that, they find themselves in positions of power. And then when they're there, they wield the power of the state against innocent people. And what do you get? Like we've seen throughout history, despots kill. And that's the direction we're heading. You see, in the United States, the right to keep and bear arms is a check on the government as much as the left doesn't want to accept it because, well, they, I shouldn't say the left. I should say liberals. They say, what are you going to do? You're going to form a militia and fight the government? No, we're just going to remind the government that if they want to serve a warrant, they have to knock politely because you saw what happened when the police broke down the door of Brandon Taylor's uh, apartment. And her boyfriend was armed and a cop got shot in the leg. It sucks. You know, we, we actually had this officer on the show. I'm glad he's OK. He's serving a warrant. Cops got to do. I get that. But I want to make sure every police officer knows you will not be kicking my door in. You will be knocking 
and announcing yourself. Now, in that instance, I said they did. Either way, they then busted the door down. The government needs to understand that the people have a right to keep and bear arms and to defend themselves. And that's why Brenda Taylor's boyfriend had the charges dropped. Or I should say the charges against him were dropped. Because you want to break my door down in the middle of the night? You better expect that the American people can defend themselves. You will not infringe our rights. They're doing it. The First Amendment has been infringed. It's being usurped. The Second Amendment is being crushed every single day, as we can see here. The Third Amendment, surprisingly, even too, with the government's moratorium on evictions. People argued that. The Fourth Amendment's in the gutter. I mean, come on. Stop and frisk, red flag laws, metadata, NSA spying. The Fifth Amendment, oh, you know it. Come on. Innocent until proven guilty. We've got so many problems in that front. Yeah, every day it just gets worse. People need to stand up and push back and tell these Republicans, these trash Republicans, no. But you know what the issue is? They know they're not up for re-election until, 20, until 20, uh, 2026. Shelly Capito's like, my term ends in 2027. So she can spit on you, she can kick you in the face, and she can laugh the whole time knowing, what are you going to do about it? Maybe we need some protests. Maybe instead of putting up billboards in Times Square, I'll just put up, you know what? Maybe, maybe we need a different strategy. Maybe we'll just learn from the left. Maybe we'll, we, 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 will, we will take out ad campaigns and they won't be political. They will be personal to remind everybody that these people are evil and are selling you out and are laughing at you while they do it. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. In a viral TikTok video, a 22-year-old woman demanded that a doctor sterilize her and the doctor refused, saying, why don't you get an IUD instead? Because maybe one day you'll meet Mr. Right and you will want to have kids. This young woman's video has been viewed 1.9 million times and has received thousands of comments. And there are many deep moral questions in a story like this. Should a doctor disable or remove perfectly functionable, uh, functioning organs of an individual simply because they want it done? This young woman says she doesn't want to have kids. Why do you need to get sterilized if you don't want to have kids? You can get an IUD. So what's the issue here? Well, there are questions. Some people do get a vasectomy or their tubes tied, and typically we don't take big issue with it. I suppose the issue arises when the person is young. We've had many people on Timcast IRL, many women. We've been told by a couple of women that they truly believed they would never want to have children. And then they got a little older and said, yeah, I, I do want to have kids. But I also know some people who have gotten sterilization surgeries, whatever you want to call it, and they're completely happy. So what's the real issue here? If a person wants to live the way they want to live, then so be it, right? You know, the one thing I, I, I question about conservatives, and, I, and I've had many conversations with conservatives about this. If people want to sterilize themselves, either with you know, gender, uh, transgender surgeries or something like that. And you know, I'm, I'm not saying that to be a negative. I'm saying quite literally, if someone wants to remove their reproductive organs, why are, I don't, why, why do you care? I mean, I mean, in all seriousness, like it's, it's a legitimate question. Why do you care? Instill your values in your children. Your kids will have kids. And if some people just say, I want these things removed and I will not reproduce, then in one generation, 
that that genetic line ceases to exist within the gene pool. This is a reality. It's a reality of nature. If you take issue with this woman and she doesn't want kids, okay, give it a couple decades and she's gone. Her genetic line is gone. It's just gone. Now, I know conservatives say to me, it's because all human life is valuable and these people are being manipulated and all that stuff. And it's just like, I don't, I don't know how to answer this question. I, I come from a libertarian perspective on this woman is 22 years old. She's a legal adult. She can do what she wants. She might regret it, but you know what? She's a legal adult. Who is, why would a, the state or a doctor or anybody be like, I can make decisions for you? Now, I will say this. As for this doctor, you can't force a doctor to do anything. So this woman who's like outraged that her gynecologist is refusing to sterilize her. So what? You can't force someone to do work. Too bad. There's a couple big stories here. We have this story from katiecurric.com. Oh, Katie. Some 40% of young people say they're reluctant to have kids, according to one poll. Here's my, my immediate response before I read these stories. If you're a conservative, liberal, moderate, whatever, and you're concerned about a lack of population replacement, have more kids. I mean, that's it. If you're looking to these people who are like, climate change is really bad, or people who are like, I just don't want to have kids sterilize me, or people who are like, I would like these organs removed, then it is incumbent upon you to just have the two kids they should have had, right? If you want the United States to expand and you think the population needs to stay at, re- at replacement levels or grow, you need to take the responsibility and have those kids. Now, I know many people are probably saying, Tim, you don't have any kids. Yes, I know. I'm actually sitting here from a libertarian perspective being like, I don't, if somebody wants to live a certain way, I don't know what to tell you, man. Matt Walsh said that no doctor should perform transgender surgeries on people regardless of their age. Now, I get that. It's a conservative idea. Me? I'm not a conservative. It's really fascinating, too. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I was talking with Charlie Kirk and Will Chamberlain, and we had a really interesting moment when I said, if a community says we don't want police, the police shouldn't show up. And they said, no, that's a libertarian idea. We are conservatives. And I went, oh, no, I get it. The conservatives are like there is a standard by which our society functions that should apply to all. Okay, that I get as a libertarian, uh, little L centrist libertarian, I guess, center left slightly. My attitude is kind of like if this woman says she wants something, then leave me out of it. I don't care if she doesn't have kids. If you question her, her intent, if you question her mental capacity, if you qu- question how she would even raise kids, then why wouldn't you just be like, I guess it's a good thing. She's making the choice for herself. She's not going to have kids that perpetuate ideas you don't like. So the only real issue, I guess, then is what's happening in public schools with your kids. Anyway, I'm getting I'm getting ahead of myself. Here's the story from the Daily Mail. Woman 22 who says she never wants kids reveals her gynecologist refused to sterilize her because she might meet Mr. Right and change her mind. Advise her to get an IUD instead. I mean, that's the responsible thing to do. But whatever. Here's the story. Olivia, a student from Massachusetts, went viral last week after she reacted. She recreated her conversation with her gynecologist about tubal litigation, a surgical procedure for female sterilization. Hi, Miss Gynecologist. My name is Olivia. I never want children. I have had this made up in my mind since I was old enough to think of the concept. Can I please have my tubes tied? She said at the start of the TikTok video. 
You can see all these. They, they, they picked a really funny clip of her like big eyed, I guess, to make her look nuts or something. No, she responded. It's permanent. Yeah, I know. Olivia replied. That's why I asked. I'd like that option. Well, no, you might meet Mr. Wright and change your mind. Olivia once again insisted that she doesn't want children, saying, it's not my plan. It's not in my five-year plan. It's not in my 10-year plan, my 50-year plan. I don't want that. Yeah, but you might change your mind and it's permanent. So here's a brochure for an IUD. The gynecologist was right, period, because people change their mind. Now, this woman probably isn't adequately um, representing what the doctor actually said. Toward I, the doctor, I would say, young woman, I certainly understand that is how you feel right now. I can respect that you may feel that way in 5, 10, 15, 20 years. In fact, it is probable you never have kids. But I will tell you this. I will not take a 1% chance, nay, a 0.1% chance that you come back to my office in 10 years crying, saying, what did you do to me? I was too young and you ruined my life. It's permanent. I will not take a permanent action against you because you might think you won't change your mind. But then one day someone shows up at my office screaming about how it's my fault. Sorry, not going to happen. Find somebody else to do it. You can't force them. Now, she could just get an IUD. Problem solved, right? Olivia then held up a brochure for an IUD, uh, intrauterine device that her doctor allegedly gave her during the appointment. It has the same efficacy rate. We put it in, in your universe and you bleed and cramp for three months. No, no, thank you, Olivia said for making that face. In the caption, she wrote, got the death sentence today. Tubal ligation. It said litigation up there. I'm pretty sure it's ligation. Or getting your tubes tied involves the fallopian tubes being either cut, tied, clamped, branded, banded, or sealed off an electric current to permanently prevent pregnancy. Here, people need to understand not wanting kids. No, no, you don't understand. It's really amazing. You know, we got this thing in uh, uh, called the Ten Commandments. And when I say we, I mean humanity. Mostly it is adhered to by Christians. I'm not saying that I adhere to it or anyone else does. But in it, they say, honor thy, honor thy, fa- thy father and thy mother. You know, thinking about that, it's very important. If you're 22 and you're talking to an older person and they say X, Y, and Z, and you go, no, I'm smarter than you and you don't know how I feel. Bro, they were kids too at one point. They understand very likely how you feel because times change. It's amazing. I remember when I was younger, my mom was like, take care of your credit because one day you want to buy a house. And I was like, why would I want to buy a house? That's stupid. And that's dumb. I don't care. I never want to buy a house. Now I have a house. Yeah, it's because when you're young, you're dumb. You know, not every young person is dumb. In fact, most young people, most, actually fairly insightful in my opinion. Young people see the world in a new way. They are raised into a world that's different from the older generation. But when it comes to as we age and the things we feel, there certainly is value in wisdom that comes with that age. To put it simply, here's the way I feel. Young people are often the upstarts that shake up the system and change things. Not always for the better, but often. When I was younger, I had a lot of older people who were like, you're wrong and I don't believe you. And they wouldn't listen to me. But it turns out I was right. Ten years ago, I pitched exactly what I'm doing now to several companies. And they went, meh, I don't know. That makes no sense. Okay, well, you were wrong. I was right. Old people, you're dumb. But I also know that when I was younger, the way I felt about things, like, I never want to buy a house. And then I did. And then I was like, oh, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. There's also other things that you just don't understand until you experience it. For one, being wealthy. 
a lot of people are like, I don't understand why rich, why, why rich people buy all of these things. And it's like, OK, well, I can tell you, you have no choice. It's, it's, it's like dominoes falling over, as I explained. You make a bunch of money. It sits in a bank account and inflation destroys it. So you're like, what do I do? Well, you end up buying stuff. So me personally, I've bought some stuff, silver, gold, cryptocurrencies, some cars, some cars sitting in the garage, because it's a better place to store value. You can sell it later and the value increases, whereas U.S. currency decreases. So why do rich people buy big mansions? I remember saying 10 years ago, I was like, man, if I was ever that rich, I would never buy a $20 million mansion. And now, now, now I watch this stuff and I'm like, oh, now I get it. They run a company. They make a bunch of money and they say, I can't just sit on U.S. dollars because of inflation, especially nowadays. They don't buy the house because they want to be rich and live in a big house. They buy it because they need an investment and they need to put the value somewhere else. So I totally get it. Not completely. Some people are just greedy. Some people really do want to sterilize themselves and they mean it. Olivia's video has been viewed more than 1.9 million times and has received thousands of comments, many of which were from people who were outraged on her behalf. How do you just leave after this? I can't imagine a doctor denying my request just because they said so. It hurts my brain. Please keep pushing it. Oh, millennials and Gen Z, what is wrong with this generation? You can't force someone to do something. People need to understand not wanting kids. Someone else insisted. While another noted, Mr. Wright is someone who also doesn't want kids. How hard is that to understand? How hard is it for you to understand that you can't force a doctor to do a thing. You go to the doctor and say, doctor, I want you to do X. He goes, no. And you go, how dare you? This is the entitlement that you think you can go and just force someone to work for you. Amazing. You're too young to know what you want. The doctor is literally smarter than you at this. You should listen. Yes. Yes, they are. You are wrong. You are wrong, period. And I'll tell you why. These doctors probably get this all the time. After 20 years, the doctor goes, I can't tell you how many young women or men came to me and said they wanted an irreversible procedure. And then five years later said, thank you for not doing it. I've talked with women who were pregnant and people were telling them to get abortions. And invariably, invariably, they say, I'm glad I didn't do it. Yeah, they had the kid. They love their kid. And they are glad they didn't abort their kid. It's just that simple. When you have a child, I mean, I've, I'm sure there exists someone who's like, I should have aborted this kid. I can't stand my child. Sure. I've not met any. I mean, I've heard stories, but the people I've met, I've never met someone with children who was like, I wish I got rid of them. Nope. They're all fairly happy that they have these kids. And it's fascinating that there are young people who think they're just smarter and better. And and there's no humility. It's just pure hubris. This is the participation trophy generation. Certainly no one else could ever be right. Now, I talk about being an arrogant youth quite a bit, but it's not entirely fair. You know, I I tell these stories about religion. Let me let me tell you this one. If you guys haven't heard it, I'll try and make it quick. I was uh, I grew up Catholic for a few years, mostly did not understand anything about it, to be completely honest. The teachers did a really bad job of explaining any of it. But I remember going to church. And I remember the ideas they, they gave. And I was like, this makes no sense to me. And they did not convey the sense in, in any way. They did not tie religion to civics, which they should have, to explain the moral values of our, of our government or anything like that. Just totally not, not a part of it. I once watched a cartoon of Adam riding a brontosaurus. Yeah, just, just very inadequate. So I grew up this way. And then eventually I got older and I became much more like, this is, this is messed up. None of it makes sense. I'm done with it. 
I'm an atheist. This is stupid. And then I was like 18. I was talking to a guy. And instead of being like, shut up, you're dumb. I'm smarter than you. He made a point And I went, that's a good point. And I think this is this is a reason why I am successful, because for my entire life, there have been moments where I've been really sure of myself and been wrong. But I typically have a tendency towards willing to entertain someone else's opinions if they make a good point. I want to hear what they say. I want to assess it. An example is I was much more pro cop. Michael Malice made an argument and I said, I agree with you. Now I'm much less pro cop. I'm still more pro cop than Michael Malice is, but I lean towards maybe the police are a problem in a lot of ways. Not every cop. You know, I, I, I like that. I think that I think there's an important job that police do gun control. I used to be like, yeah, let's probably think gun control we can enact. And then someone laid out the arguments. I was like, I see exactly what you're saying. That's a good point. I didn't consider that. Now I'm two way purist. Here we go. These young people, the millennial generation, they know they don't care. They know and they're wrong. And when they're wrong, instead of coming out and being like, I made a terrible mistake, they go, everyone else should suffer the same fate. So we're all in this boat because misery loves company. That's where we're heading. Here we go. People need to understand that humans are meant to breed and create more humans. People who don't want kids are wasting that privilege away. Olivia also clapped back at the number of men who weighed in on her decision, including a guy who told her that humans are meant to breed. I mean, that's kind of dumb. Humans do procreate. It is a, a function of humanity to reproduce and create, you know, expand life and all that stuff. My political position is that this young woman is probably wrong, but she is an adult who can make decisions for herself. If she finds a doctor who wants to perform the procedure, well, that's her choice. And if in a few years she comes to regret that choice, well, that's her own fault. You're not going to see me crying about it. And if she does cry about it, I'll just say, remember that time I told you you were probably wrong? But I respect your autonomy as a legal human adult. I'm not going to interfere. But my, my other point here is you don't get to just tell a doctor they have to do it. Why? I, I love the entitlement of them being like, why won't the doctor do as they're told? I can tell you I'm definitely not getting an IUD. That's for damn sure, she said. Also, I am literally like celibate. Like no one wants to F me. All I do is stay home and do homework and watch Twitch. So it's not like I'm really getting laid. You know, that's another issue here. I don't understand why if that's the case, you need this procedure. Tubal, liga tubal ligation. Now, again, I'll point out Daily Mail's once said tubal litigation. Copy editor, guys. And I read it. That's my fault. So, um... If you're not engaging in intercourse, why do you need sterilization? I, I just think that's weird. I mean, you're still going to have your periods and all of that stuff. So what? She says, I just kind of went in for a checkup and asked because I don't want kids. When do I start? When, when do I start effing? Start effing. I don't want to be at risk, you know. Olivia added that her future partner will have to get a vasectomy, which men seem more likely to get approved for at a young age because it's reversible. Hmm. I guess we'll just cross that bridge when we get there. Whatever boo I end up with, I guess he will just have to get a vasectomy. Because apparently you can get one with a snap of a finger because they're reversible. Bada bing, bada boom. But yeah, until then, we're just going to remain celibate, I guess. Young people ain't hooking up. So uh, I'll, I'll end with this, 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 this thought. It's very, very important. Remember that Abe Simpson from the Simpsons meme where he's talking to uh, his son? It's like a flashback. Homer's young. And he's like, I used to be with it, but then they changed what it was. And now what it is is scary to me. And it'll happen to you too. And Homer's like, no way, man. And then it does. He wants to go to Hullabalooza, which is basically like Lollapalooza. And he's trying to be hip or whatever. I don't know if that's the same episode, but 
you know, similar ideas. Yeah, that, I don't, that, that's not going to happen to us. Millennials, it's not going to happen to us. It'll happen in some fashion, but not in the same way. Here's what I mean. Millennials aren't having kids. Gen Z is not having kids, which means there will not be a replacement generation. If you're a marketer, you want to you wanna throw a rock concert to advertise cars, the Nissan Tour or whatever, the Honda Civic Tour. So Honda Civic goes to promoters and says, we want people to buy our cars. So we want to sponsor a music event. Who should we book? The promoters say the newer music among younger people reaches 100 million young people. Older music targeting millennials will reach 200 million people. And that's because here's the fascinating thing. The reason why the younger generation music takes over and the old people aren't with it anymore is because there are more young people. So promoters say there's X million boomers and Y million millennials, more millennials, more money to make market to them. Now, when millennials age out, that is retirement age and leave the key demographic, they will hold a disproportionate amount of wealth relative to Gen Z and those younger than us because it's, it's, it's happening now with boomers and it's only getting worse. But because there's not going to be a large Gen Alpha relative to millennials, millennials and Gen Z will be a large market share. Therefore, businesses will say there is more money to be made marketing to this group than that group. It will happen in some form. There will be young music. There will be rock concerts for young people, but they will not get the bulk of financing. And so millennials, what are we already seeing? Kate Bush deal with the, deal with the devil or whatever the song is called. It's number one. It's like it's like 17, like some, some absurd amount of time because of Stranger Things. I was watching uh, uh, Star Trek into the beyond or whatever the beyond that, that movie. And in the movie, they played um, the Beastie Boys. And I'm like, who's watching this and being like, yeah, the Beastie Boys. I'm like, shouldn't they be using newer music? They're not. Guardians of the Galaxy. Two soundtracks for one and two, bringing back music from the 70s and 80s. Why? Because boomers have all the wealth. So they are playing music that makes the most money. Young people hear it and then say, I like this too. Older music is becoming cooler among younger people, not newer music. This will be a dramatic change in how things flow and function, and it will be very different. Boomers hold a lot of control and power, but they're aging out. A lot of boomers get mad at me for pointing this out. But guys, I think the boomers did amazing in some ways. They got to Star Trek the next generation. Fantastic. But they also raised many millennials who are entitled participation trophy losers. Y'all needed to give them some discipline and you didn't do it. But, you know, people like you and I exist. You, the millennials watching and people like me. So our parents must have done something right. So I don't blame the entirety of the boomer generation. I blame many of those boomers and people like Bill Maher. Bill Maher is more likely to scold the woke people, but unfortunately he doesn't read the news. It's another problem. Anyway, young woman, there's a strong probability that you will come back and be like, I made a mistake. That's why the doctor won't do it. You may be correct about how you view the world. Far be it from me to tell you how you feel. But the doctor doesn't want to take the risk of someone showing up and screaming in their face. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.